1998, a man claiming to be a time traveler contacted Art Bell's Coast to Coast radio show to tell him about his mission to save the world and some disasters in our future. Two years later, he elaborated on his predictions on the Time Travel Institute forum and the legend of John Teeter was born. Today, we'll discuss if he might have saved us from certain doom, some of his predictions, and who his true identity might be. On this episode of Technically a Conversation, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Feeling warm, but fabulous still. We're in this dead heat and I hate it. How are you feeling? (laughs) Uh, Same, maybe not as fabulous, but definitely warm. (laughs) We'll work on that for you. We'll work there. (laughs) Do you participate in that thing from the electric company where for a couple of hours a day, they manage your temperature? No, I think that would be horrendous. Does that mean like they cut you off? No, not. it's not exactly like that. They say that every year they're going to have like 10 weather event days or whatever, whenever they expect a huge spike in electricity. So on those days, prior to the, the forecasted spike, they end up dropping your temperature like really low in your house. So during that time, I'm literally sitting here with the hoodie. And then during the two hours, which is usually from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., that's when they just like turn off the <laughs> the air conditioning. Oh. So like you're dying. But the advantage of that is that you get $25 just for participating. So that's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. And I'm usually always cold. So it's usually just like the last half hour, I think, that I'm dying. <laughs> Maybe that's the time you jump into like a really cold, you do a cold plunge. It's really good for you, like immune system wise. Yeah, maybe. Then I'll get cold again. (laughs) (laughs) That should be the goal, but I don't know yet. (laughs) I think they've already done like five of them, so there aren't that many more to go. I see. Interesting. What's really been helping is those bullies at the Dollar Tree right now. They have... The Sonic Ocean Water and the Sonic Cherry Limeades, but in a frozen pop, like a little popsicle. That's actually awesome. Yes, because those are my two favorite flavors. Ever? Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, of the Sonic stuff anyway. Oh, okay. No, that's pretty cool. I haven't bought any bolis in a while. I don't know. I have a very addictive personality. So the last time that I bought them, I was eating a shitload. Remember that I I gave you some? (laughs) You did, yes. Because I ate so many that I got a gout attack from <gasps> all the fucking bolis. Oh, no. Yeah, I heard uh, sugar triggers it or something of the sort. Yeah, something in it was triggering it. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to eat anymore. So. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Live and learn. Live and learn, indeed. Enough fucking around, Isela. Ready to get started? We are ready. Great. Let's get started. Isela, have you ever traveled back in time? I don't think that's the way it works. <laughs> Okay, that leads me to our next question. Do you believe that time travel is possible? I believe it's possible for the future, just not backwards. Hmm. Do you think it's just a limitation of what we know about time travel? Or do you think that it's never possible to go back? I just don't think it's ever possible to go back. I think all the things in physics is said 
forward, yes, backwards, no. You know, even getting in a plane, right, that time goes faster. So you're kind of in the future by like, you know, fractions of a second, but you are in the future. But I don't think it, you can go backwards. But when you're up in space, you actually age slower. Yes. What if I told you that in 2034, time travel will be discovered by the CERN Institute and GE will build the first time machine? That would be so cool. What if I told you that in the year 2000, a time traveler came from 2036 and not only brought us evidence, he also brought us some predictions and might have possibly saved us from certain doom. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> All right. The following is from a, the Y Files video and the Time Travel Institute. Link will be in the show notes. A civil war will erupt in the United States due to civil unrest surrounding a presidential election and will focus on order and rights. This will result in the U.S. being split into five regions and will kill millions. Shortly after, World War III will begin, primarily due to border clashes and overpopulation. Atomic weapons will be used and three billion people will die. The world will be in ruins. The power grids will go down. Disease and famine will be rampant. In 2038, all computers will go offline, leading us into another dark age. Only by changing things in the past can the future be saved. In 1998, John Teeter was born. In 2036, he is a temporal soldier who was sent back to 1975 to acquire an IBM computer that will be needed to save the world. In the year 2000, John Teeter makes a pit stop in our timeline to rest and recover from his travels and finds his way onto the Time Travel Institute Forum and Art Bell's Coast to Coast Radio to make himself known and share his predictions and stories of his travel. Before we go into more detail about this, are you familiar with the story of John Teeter? I have not heard of John Teeter. Does what I've read so far sound convincing? Keep in mind, what I've read thus far has been from the year 2000. It's kind of vague, to be honest. I feel like that's the approach that, uh, what are those people, palm readers and all that stuff, astrology, it's super vague. Oh, you're going to have a challenging day today. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I can kind of see that, you know, splitting America up into five. Five is a very specific number, so perhaps maybe there could be some validity to it. I agree with you. It does sound very vague. And yeah, that is a staple of, um, you know, any charlatan that pretends to know the future. They want to make it as vague as possible so that it'll apply to as many people as possible. Right. The whole thing about the civil war surrounding a presidential election almost sounds like what could have happened on January 6th if things got more out of control. I mean, maybe that was just the first in a series of events that might lead to that civil war that he predicted. That could be. And we'll actually touch on that more in the second half of the episode when we discuss his predictions in detail. I first learned about John Teeter around the time that I first learned about the safety not guaranteed meme in 2018 or 2019. I might be misremembering the facts, but the way that I remember it, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole trying to consume as much information about safety not guaranteed that I could find. I was totally hooked and enamored with that story. There was one video that I watched of people who had been trying to investigate who Mullet Man was, and somehow those people got a hold of some coordinates. When they followed them, they arrived at some abandoned lot or something like that, and they found a sign that said, John Teeter was here. I really don't remember what video that was or what the coordinates were for, but I remember thinking, who the hell is John Teeter? And that led me down another rabbit hole. <laughs> And when I was researching Safety Not Guaranteed for our two-year anniversary show, 
it reminded me of John Teeter, and I thought that it would be fun to research this topic a little more. And let me tell you, there is so much information about John Teeter. The hard part was condensing it all to make it short. Cool. So let's talk about the first time that John Teeter made himself known. While many people first became aware of him when he started writing in the Time Travel Institute forum in the year 2000, he actually made himself known a couple of years earlier on July 29, 1998, when he sent the facts to Art Bell, which he read on his Coast to Coast radio. I actually have a recording of that. Which I'll play you a snippet of now, and I'll play you the second snippet during the second half of the show when we go through his predictions. Oh, cool! Now the recording is a little rough because it's from AM radio, but would you like to hear it? Absolutely, let's listen. Dear Art, I had facts when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 20. 34 offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself. Can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are: one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 25. 64. Everyone who has ever been there has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears. The line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now in this time to test a few theories of mine before going forward. So, what did you think aside from the abysmal sound quality? <laughs> I think it sounds interesting to say the least. And what I mean by that specifically, the parts where he's like, "You got to account for this," and it really depends on the rotating of the magnetic fields. I think that's super strange because 
uh, I don't know. I, I, it seems, I always thought that the magnetic field was actually one of the weakest things. It was one of the weakest forces too. So I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I know gravity is too, but I don't understand why that would be the thing that allows us to time travel. I don't, I guess maybe I'm trying to think too much of like the <laughs> the physics of it. <laughs> well, believe it or not, the physics of it are sound. Mm. What he's describing is a Tipler cylinder. Mm-hmm. And that is actually a very sound time traveling theory. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit more okay. later. But yeah, the, the time traveling part is actually pretty sound. Interesting. I actually thought it was kind of creepy the way that John Teeter described time travel working. Again, it does seem to make sense. And I also would have imagined that if anyone is going to discover time travel, it would be the CERN Institute. I remember feeling excitement and also a little bit of fear before they turn on the Large Hadron Collider. I don't know if you remember, but they had a bunch of problems getting it to work at the proper speed. And there was that whole theory about the Large Hadron Collider was sabotaging itself from the future because when they finally powered it on, it was going to create a black hole that was going to suck up all life as we knew it. Right. It was going to throw us into, yeah, some kind of non-existence. <laughs> yeah. And um, ultimately, that didn't end up happening. And scientists discovered the Higgs boson or the God particle. The part that I find really creepy, though, is that time travelers can't go past 2564. When they try, there's nothing. I want to know what allegedly happened. Sadly, that's not something that John Teeter ever shared with us because it seemed like not even he knew. I was just going to say, I think that is interesting that he mentioned that it's a brick wall that people hit. So obviously it's not a physical brick wall. So do they just go from flying at the speed of light or something to nothing? That sounds also painful. I don't don't know how that works, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. The only thing that I can remember reading about that was that all there was was darkness. Interesting. Okay, cool. Now, a few weeks later, after... Sending Art Bell the initial fax, John Teeter sent another fax to Art Bell. And as hard as I tried, I wasn't able to find the recording of Art reading the fax, but I did find a copy of the fax online. So I'm going to use AI to read it to you. (laughs) Since one, I suck at reading, and honestly, (laughs) no one wants to hear me stumble my way through it. And why, right? When you have somebody else to do it. A robot. Let's do this, robot. Yeah, and the robot sounds pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It did a better job of reading it than I could have. Well, John Teeter sounded like, what is his name, John Teeter? John Teeter, yeah. Yeah, he sounded kind of robotic. Oh, no, that was Art Bell. Oh, Art Bell. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, that was, that was a fax. Whoever that guy was. You don't know who Art Bell was? I don't think so. He was the host of Coast to Coast Radio. I mean, for the most part, it was a show where a bunch of crackpots would call in and talk about like paranormal stuff and... What? Then why do I, why do you make me sound crazy for not knowing that? <laughs> because like everybody knows who Art Bell was. He was super famous. I'm not everybody, clearly. <laughs> Sorry. It was very much like our podcast where we talk about a whole bunch of weird stuff. Oh, fun. Okay. I think in Art Bell's case, he seemed to believe most of what people called about. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was people calling about alien abductions. Uh, oh. But I mean, it was stuff that would naturally appeal to me. You know, about ghosts, about time travel. Yeah, yeah, fun topics. Okay, cool. And um, I think he retired like maybe 20 years ago. And then there's somebody else that's doing Coast to Coast now. And I want to say maybe like three or four years ago, Art Bell passed away. Oh, sad. Wow, that's amazing. That It's still going. Sheesh. Yeah, still going. And, um, and yeah, he did sound very robotic, but I think it was just because it's a really bad AM radio recording. Mm-hmm. Got it. So let's see if AI sounds more or less robotic. 
This is the second fax. Dear Mr. Bell, I am glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle so I'm sending a gift. If you've already seen this please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past in fact the year 2500 AD. Let me explain Mr. Bell. I sent a fax with this opening on July 29, 1998. As I said then, I am a time traveler. I have been on this world line since April of this year and I plan to leave soon. Typically time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. Anyway, for my own reasons I have decided to help this world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hope that it will help their future. I am contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately there is no historical reference to your program in my world line. I believe you can change your future by creating one now. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend someplace in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war with the average U.S. citizen. They are preparing for war with the U.S. government. They will eventually save this country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. A few pages from the operations manual of my time machine. And a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me I will be happy to share with you the nature of time, the physics of time travel, and some of the events of your future. So what did you think? That's very interesting that he's willing to share the physics of it. But the first thing I thought I have to tell you was, oh, facts, really? <laughs> we're, going to the, we're going to the... We have this technology supposedly harnessed to time travel, and the best we could do is a, is a facts. Not like, let me neuralink it to you or something. I don't know. Well, keep in mind, this is 1998, and most people weren't online yet. So a fax would have probably been the most efficient way that he could send a letter to Art Bell. I see. I personally think that that fax sounds just as creepy and ominous as the first one. For sure. And he dropped a lot of information on this one. Yeah, especially the Russian thing. That's very interesting. That is very interesting and kind of weird. I also thought that it was kind of weird that in his timeline, Art Bell and his show don't exist, which is why he suggested that the information related to military technology and new physics theories be backed up somewhere safe, as it could prove to be invaluable to future generations. Especially when you were saying that he said, I suggest you to keep it in some place safe, like the Midwest. I want to say in the Midwest is where they have some of those missile places hidden and stuff like that. I know for sure they have one in Colorado. I don't know if, if he ever said exactly where to put it. But yeah, I, I guess he's he seems to believe that somewhere in the Midwest wouldn't be hit as hard as one of the coasts, like maybe California, New York. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think also if somebody was going to attack the country, that's where they would start because those are also some of the most populated areas, New York, Florida, California. Yeah, I, for sure. Like one of our financial districts. So that completely makes sense. Yeah. He also acknowledges, like you were saying, Art Bell's paranoia of Russia and how they will engage in a war with the U.S. government becoming our saviors. And it's weird because with everything going on in Russia now, I can certainly see us getting involved in a war with them. What do you think? 
Absolutely. Especially in opposing forces. <laughs> so I don't think we would team up with them. And I don't see how they would kind of bury the hatchet, even though we are providing all these, you know, guns and ammo and stuff like that to Zelensky. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, let me come save you guys. Ah, just kidding. Let's bury the hatchet. We'll sweep it under the rug. I don't foresee that anyway. Yeah, but in a way, what Tito was saying kind of seems to make sense, though, that Russia doesn't want to get in a war with the American people, but with the government. Because mm -hmm. I don't think he would necessarily want to destroy us. I think he would want to destroy the government and, you know, kind of destabilize it. So how is that saving us? <laughs> how is that saving us? That is a good question. I mean, if they could have gotten, I know this is going to sound super shitty, but if they could have somehow gotten Donald Trump out of office, then that could have saved us. But they like Donald Trump, so I don't see how that saved us from any, any heartache. Anyway. Yeah, no, I'm sure Trump was sending him all those classified documents that he had in his Mar-a-Lago home, so. It's very likely, I think. Now, um, as you acknowledged earlier, Teeter promises to provide pictures of his time machine as well as images of his time machine operation manual. And although Art Bell never heard from John Teeter again, Teeter did make good on his promises and actually posted the images on the Time Travel Institute forum a few years later. Now, according to the Time Travel Institute website, when Teeter first posted on their forums, he claimed he was a soldier from the year 2036 and was sent back in time to acquire a 1975 IBM 5100 computer. The computer was needed to troubleshoot a problem similar to what they had with the Y2K bug. Although the world didn't end up ending as many people predicted, Unix has a similar computer bug. Now, Unix tells time in seconds, and a 32-bit Unix system is only capable of going as high as 2.1 billion seconds. In other words, the last date a 32-bit Unix system can recognize is Tuesday, January 19th, 2038. The way to fix this would be to upgrade the systems to 64-bit, which is what most modern computers run now. Most personal computers of that era supported the basic programming language, but Teeter claimed that the IBM 5100 actually secretly supported the APL programming language used in mainframe computers. Now, do you want to know the crazy part? Yeah. This feature of the IBM 5100 was hidden from the public, and only the IBM engineers who designed it knew this secret. An IBM engineer later confirmed that this was indeed true. <laughs> Teeter also claimed that his time machine used a Tipler cylinder to time travel which is what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned, this is an actual theoretical method described by Frank Tipler in 1974. Though there were a lot of skeptics on the Time Travel Institute forums, Teeter was presenting sound scientific explanations and discussed the secret of the IBM 5100 that had not been made public yet. You have to admit, even if it was a hoax, it's a damn well convincing one, right? Agreed. I'd like to know if, he knew people that might have been one of the designers, one of the engineers that were in the, the small circle of being in the know. It's very possible. And we'll, we'll actually touch on it in a little bit. But I remember when I first learned about that, about the IBM computer, I was like, how the hell did he know about this if that information had never been made public? Yeah, that is very interesting. So let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we'll examine some of John Teeter's predictions and talk about John Teeter's possible or probable identity. Ooh.
Imagine a hospital that did just about anything to put patients in their beds, and doctors who performed hundreds of unnecessary heart surgeries on these people. Here are the lengths the government had to go to in order to stop the fraud, and why many believe the person responsible got away with it. If the Walls Could Talk podcast shares the tangled history and true crimes that happened at Chicago's Edgewater Hospital, listen to If the Walls Could Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are you currently enjoying the show on the Stitcher app? Then you need to know Stitcher is going away on August 29th. Yep, going away, as in kaput, gone, dead. Rest in peace, Stitcher, and thanks for 15 years of service to the podcast community. So switch to another podcast app and follow this show there. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we're back. We are. Isela, did you travel back in time to save any IBM 5100 computers during our break? I kind of do wish we could travel back in time. What are your thoughts now that you've had this little commercial break to kind of digest everything? It's really fascinating. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I know I'm going to dig into all of this stuff later just because it's already piquing my curiosity, you know. So I, I think it's really fascinating all the things they're saying, how a lot of things, like why Russia out of, I mean, I knew we had the Cold War thing back in the day. So, but why did, why would they still choose that? And I don't know. It is kind of fun to think about for sure. It is definitely very fun. I love thinking about time travel and uh, you can imagine the rabbit hole I went down when I first discovered John Teeter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Let's continue on with the story. So John Teeter made good with his promises to share images of his time machine operating manual, as well as pictures of the apparatus itself. And there is a link in our show notes from the Time Travel Institute archives where you can see them. He had first stated the time machine was in a 1966 Chevrolet Corvette convertible, but I also saw a source saying that it was a 1967 Chevrolet Suburban. So I guess he moved it around the lot. A Corvette sounds pretty badass. You lost me at Suburban. I think a Suburban would be more practical, though. I I don't know how big these engines have to be. I don't know. Like, it's not a DeLorean, I guess. (laughs) That would have been really cool. But no. Yeah, no. And and from what he described, the vehicle doesn't actually move while he's time traveling. (gasps) It's just more of like a disguise. And the way that he described it is that he'll normally, like wherever he wants to go, he would normally drive his car to wherever it was that he was going and let, let's say he was traveling to the year 1970, right? And let's say he, he wanted to be in um, Michigan in 1970. So what he would do is he would drive from Florida to Michigan. And then there he would find a car that would have been available in 1970. So when he gets there, he takes out his time machine. He puts it in the 1970 vehicle and he travels back in time with it. And that way he has a vehicle that he can move around in while he's over there. I see. So it's more an object that he keeps with him. Correct. And then he's instantly transported. Very interesting. Yeah. And the problem becomes more when he travels back because he has to make sure that that vehicle existed at that time and that place that he was going to be at. I mean, going to the future, I mean, you can always have like a classic car. So I don't think that that would arouse too much suspicion. But going back, imagine if you go back in time and you're like in a 2023 Corvette or whatever, and you're in the year 1970, it's going to arouse a lot of, a lot of suspicion. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 
They're like, is that bat? Is that the Batmobile? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine how freaked out people would be. I know. Yeah. You would feel like a celebrity. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, Teeter described the time machine as being a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two top spin dual positive singularities, producing a typical offset Tipler sinusoid. From the pictures of the manual he provided, the model was a GE C204. And Teeter actually did spend a lot of time on the forums answering people's questions, as well as spending a lot of time on Art Bell's forums, which are sadly no longer online. He pretty much answered every question that was asked of him, except for things like who was going to do good in the stock market or who won the <laughs> Super Bowl on such and such year. He said that he wasn't interested in making anyone rich. And even if he was, there was no way that he could remember who won the Super Bowl 35 years ago, which honestly is fair because I don't even remember who played in the Super Bowl this year. So that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. I do remember uh, Rihanna was the musical performer, but... Everyone remembers that, yeah. Aside from that, I have no <laughs> idea who played at the Super Bowl. Then, then you retained all the important stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was the important stuff, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> also, he said that even if he could remember, he's from a different timeline, so the team that might have won on his timeline might not have won on ours. And um, I actually like the way that he described the timeline. He described that as being a world line, and he stated that it was like a cone. Now, you start your travel at the tip of the cone, and the further forward or backward that you go, the bigger the cone is, and so is the bigger the divergence. So for example, him traveling from 2036 to the year 2000 only had a world line divergence of 1% to 2%, but it was enough for different teams to win different games. And he specifically named the Everett Wheeler model of quantum mechanics, also known as the many worlds model. And this pretty much states that anything that could happen does happen, but in a different timeline or a different world. So he did have a very good grasp of quantum mechanics and the scientists that worked in those fields. Yeah, it sounds like he's grasping the idea of, or he's allowing for the idea of like multiverses, really. Exactly. So are you convinced yet? Because so far, he seems pretty legit. I'm ready to go grab my weapons to travel back <laughs> in time with him. <laughs> it's, it's sounding somewhat convincing, but again... I still want to do some research on my own. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully I did enough research that all your questions are going to be answered. For sure. Yeah. Though he seemed to have a, a good rapport with the people on the forums, he seemed particularly close to one user named Pamela Moore. Pamela also posted frequently on both of the forums and also communicated privately with Teeter by instant message and formed a profound friendship with him. Pamela had stated that John had given her a secret song to authenticate anyone that claimed to be Teeter. He also sent her a piece of the IBM 5100 sticker label. While the envelope had no return address, it did have an Orlando postmark. And this checks out with certain aspects of his story, as he had stated that he was from Florida and that his family was there. On March 21st, 2001, Teeter informed us that he would be leaving our timeline and returning to 2036, and he was never seen or heard from again. Really? Yeah. And... That's the story of John Teeter. He did give us a handful of predictions, but you don't want me to bore you with those, right? We can end here. <laughs> no, of course. We got to hear them. <laughs> All right. So let's go over some of the big ones. And I'll start off by playing the second half of the first facts that Teeter sent to Art Bell in 1998. Okay, cool. Now, for the future, 
you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. 4. A few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan. Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. So I couldn't resist. I thought that was quite a good fax. There you have it. What do you think? It does seem really kind of, uh, wow. A lot of those things kind of sound believable. I mean, the Y2K, I really don't think it was like all that big of a deal. I know that was like, I felt like that was one of the first times I had heard of preppers. It was like doomsday preppers. So his first prediction off the bat, I didn't think that that was a big deal. And I think he was making it more than what we experienced anyway. But the other stuff was very interesting about Israel and what was the other thing? Oh, Russia being covered in like snow of like nuclear reaction type of material, I suppose. That seems pretty interesting. Yeah. So let's go over some of the things that he said. As you stated, Y2K did not happen. As of right now, China hasn't taken over Taiwan, although China claims Taiwan is a territory. Israel and Palestine are still fighting, as far as I know. Yes. Yeah. Russia hasn't had any more Chernobyl-level disasters since 1986, but since the fax that was sent to Art Bell in 1998, there have been two more accidents. The one in 2017 caused radiation to increase, as well as aerosols being released into the air. The one in 2019 caused an explosion that killed five scientists and injured three others. And that's not counting the high levels of radiation that people were exposed to. But like you mentioned, no nuclear winter. So do you think that it might have been possible that Teeter went back in time and saved us from some of these catastrophes? I mean, he did say he was trying some experiments to figure out why there was no future past 2564. Maybe while conducting these experiments, he was able to prevent some of those things that he predicted from happening. What do you think? Or maybe just in this universe, it is, or well, I guess it's not called the universe, but in our verse. <laughs> um, our timeline? Yeah, maybe in our timeline. He avoided it, but maybe it existed somewhere else or something. I mean, it's possible, yeah. Now, his predictions didn't stop with the faxes he sent to Coast to Coast. While Teeter was reluctant about giving out petty predictions, he would describe his life and the future in detail. And keep in mind that even though Teeter did cite the Everett Wheeler model of quantum mechanics as a reason why there might be differences between his timeline and our own, he assured us that there would only be a 1% or 2% difference. As such, his descriptions have been interpreted as predictions and compared with historical events that have transpired since 2001. And all these that I'm going to read to you now are from the Time Travel Institute. 
The first of Teeter's prophecies was a civil war in the United States over order and rights that starts around the 2004 presidential election. And in case you need a refresher, George W. Bush, George W. the son, was the president. Mm -hmm. The Civil War was described as having a Waco-type event every month that slowly worsens. And by 2008, it will be at everyone's doorstep. Obviously, this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. As a result of the Civil War, the United States was divided into five zones, but the civil conflict would end in 2015 with a brief but fierce World War III. And that World War III must have been super brief because I didn't even notice when it happened. Did you? Right. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I feel like we're probably still, that's still in the works. <laughs> Damn. So our boy's not doing very good. He's 0 for 6 on his predictions, but even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? That's true. Let's continue. After World War III, Teeter states at Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida, were particularly affected, and Omaha, Nebraska becomes the new United States capital. When pressed for more details, he stated that the conflict was driven by boundary disputes and overpopulation, but also stated that the current conflict between the Arabs and Israel was not the cause, but was a precursor of the war. When talking about his life, he does contradict himself. He initially stated that he had fled the war, but later stated that in 2011, when he was 13 years old, he joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, which was a shotgun infantry unit in Florida and served for at least four years. And what do you think? Yeah, that part is a little strange. I mean, who is? I've never even heard of di these Diamondback people. Isn't it like a sports team or something? I want to say there's like some Diamondback sports team. That's in Arizona. Maybe that's part of the one or two percent of the... <laughs> Deviation. <laughs> I think that's a baseball, that's like a baseball team or something. <laughs> so I don't know if he's fighting any wars there. Maybe, who knows? Looking back at John Teeter's predictions, only one explanation is possible. He was a time-traveling savior, and in his attempts to stop 2564 from happening, he was able to prevent all the other events that happened in his timeline from happening in our own. That's the only logical explanation, right? Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Isela, that's total bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Okay, so according to an article by The Telegraph, by Lawrence Dodd, it's not completely crazy. And let me tell you why. Okay. So simply by traveling back, Teeter created a new world line distinct from the one that he grew up in. There was no guarantee that they'd follow the same path. While he put the temporal divergence between this world line and his own as one or 2%, he warned the longer that he was in this timeline, the larger that the divergence becomes. He had also stated that he had noticed that news events were happening at different times than his own world line, and that football games were being won by different teams. Keep in mind that he did stay in our timeline for about a year, so even if he didn't travel back in time to be our savior, just the fact that he was with us for so long might have been enough to change our timeline, or maybe push the effects of the Civil War and World War III further into to the future. What do you think of that possibility? I guess I could see how that would be somewhat feasible, but... I just think him coming back into our world line or whatever, maybe that just does also kind of produce a whole other, just a whole other outcome. And that just never happens. So I don't know if it necessarily has to make like almost a ripple effect where it delays it, but maybe just his introduction, because it never was back then, is a whole different outcome. Very possible. And I actually just realized that I misspoke because he was actually in our timeline from 1998 to 2001. 
He only posted on the Time Travel Institute from 2000 to 2001. Oh, that he was there for a week. Yeah, so he was, he was here for a while. Now, there is another possible explanation, and that is that John Teeter was a hoax. Actually, that explanation is probably the correct one. But what evidence do we have that it was a hoax? Excellent question, Isela. <laughs> now, according to that same Telegraph article, after the failed predictions, much of the buzz surrounding Teeter died down. But in 2009, a report by John Houston, who runs the Hoax Hunter website, named Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, and John Haber, a computer scientist and Larry's brother, as the man behind John Teeter. According to a Gizmodo article by Keith Veronese, an IP address associated with Teeter is located in Celebration, Florida, which just so happens to be the site for the John Teeter Foundation. And would you like to take a guess at who the CEO of the foundation is? Uh, is it one of the attorneys then? None other than Florida entertainment lawyer, Larry Haber. Hmm. An Italian TV company also hired private detective Mike Lynch to investigate John Teeter for a documentary. And Lynch believes that John Haber was actually the brains behind Teeter, being that he was a computer scientist and might have known about the IBM 5100 and Unix 2038 problem. There was also a P.O. Box application registered by John that links it to the John Teeter Foundation. Veronese tried contacting Larry Haber in 2011 to inquire about any ongoing or future projects regarding Teeter. He said that he knew of no projects, but did admit that the foundation owned the copyright for the military insignia that Teeter used. Larry wasn't just your typical run-of-the-mill sleazeball lawyer either. At the time the article was written, he was the former vice president of the Florida Motion Picture and Television Association and was on the board of directors for the women in film and television. He had also provided legal services to Walt Disney World and Universal Studios in the past. Oh. And I hear something pretty interesting though. For sure. In 2006, a person by the name of Marlon Pullman from Tulsa, Oklahoma was actually granted a patent for John Teeter's time travel theory but I wasn't able to locate any more information on this. So is there really a patent? There is really a patent. It's registered with the U.S. Patent Office. <laughs> I also feel like it's one of those things where, you know, even Taylor Swift has like a ton of things patented, like certain lyrics and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like anybody can get anything patented. So here's the question. So was it patented by somebody that was a copycat and just copied everything that was on the forums? of the Time Travel Institute, or was the patent that Marilyn Pullman patented the one that's used to create the uh, time travel machine in 2036? Well, as it's 2023, I don't know if we know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, that, that does kind of create a, not, not necessarily a paradox, but it's one of those like, what came first, the chicken or the egg type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I know this is super long or has been super long, what are your final thoughts? It's really fun to think about, for sure. I could see why you went down a rabbit hole and probably would have to rein in all the information that's out there. I've gone down rabbit holes before, too, just on like time travelers. And there was one where there's some guy who looks like he's on a cell phone, even when it was like the 1950s or 40s or something like that. So I, I completely get it. It's pretty fascinating. And it's fun to think about. I don't know. It's just a really fun overall topic because it is a cool thought of what if. It definitely is. And even if it was a hoax, I feel like it was a really good hoax. And I shouldn't say what if, because I do believe that it was a hoax. 
Yeah. But I, I think it was a really good hoax. Mm-hmm. And it was an excellent story. I loved it. Yeah, for sure. Somebody had to have known whoever this John Teeter was or someone who knew that they were going to make up this fictional character of John Teeter and whatever. Somebody knows somebody. It's like the whole idea that the, what was that show? The Unsolved Mysteries where people were missing and whatever. Somebody knows something. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the case of people that end up disappearing, I do feel that most of the time <laughs> there is another person that knows the, the real story, but most likely they're the people that are responsible <laughs> so they don't say anything. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Well, John Teeter supposedly disappeared somehow. So did he? You know what I mean? Well, it sounded like he was going to go back to his own timeline now that he had the the IBM 5100 to take care of the Unix 2038 problem. IBM too. Wow. That's, yeah, that's old. But interesting. Very fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts? No, I definitely am going to look into this tonight. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate it. It was a very fun topic. It is. And on that high note, we hope that you enjoy the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Yay, yay. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us. I'm worried you would want to go back in time. About the time you traveled back in time to save our timeline from World War III. <laughs> <laughs>